Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am joined by Joe Fordyce, Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. We are live at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Joe, we're in May. The playoffs are in the second round, and the Flyers' long offseason continues. So we figure, why not continue to look at the big picture, continue to look at next season and what these Flyers could look like so we're going to have some fun, and we're, on this podcast, we're going to look at three potential promotions next season, and that can be anything from players to different roles. And then on a follow-up podcast next week, we will look at three potential demotions. So, Joe, let's get right into it. We'll go from three to one. What is your number three promotion for a flyer next season? Well, my number three, and I don't think the coach is on board with this, or he may not be given – how the end of the season went for this player, but I'm going to say Scott Lawton. Okay. Um, the The way the end of the season went with him playing less minutes, that may have been because Tor- John Tortorella knew what he had with Lawton. Um, but I will say the good soldier factor is big for me with Lawton and his leadership skills and it, and his he is never, regardless of the situation, regardless who's around him, he's never not a great teammate. He's always there for his teammates. He generally doesn't he doesn't complain about his role with the team. And quite frankly, he never got power play minutes until this year and never complained about that. And you could make the argument, and I don't really think it is an argument. I think it's just a fact. He deserved power play time over some of the guys that were playing power play minutes when Elaine Vigneault was here for sure. And it's, it's not really debatable to me. So he's always there for what this team needs. He's the guy that um, you need him to play up in the lineup. He's there. You need him to move to the wing. He's there. You need him to center the first line. He's there. You need him to play third line. He's there. Fourth line with guys who aren't necessarily, you know, you're not going to get your offensive players on your fourth line. And he never makes a peep about it and always displays leadership qualities. There's a reason. And I'm only echoing what the coach and other players on this team have said. There's a reason he was the player that the only player that had a letter on his Jersey last year. And I do feel that he is, he deserves more playing time, and I believe to play up in the lineup. It's hard to say up in the lineup when we don't know who's going to be on this team. So 
that's a little bit tough, but I do think that he deserves some recognition for being there for whatever this team needed in all situations. He plays, he can play power play. He's a key member of the penalty kill. Um, and he kind of just shows up to work every day, sees where he's playing and just goes and plays hard. And you can never question. He does get, I mean, I, I know we heard a couple times, more than a couple times this year, particularly near the end of the season, that John Tortorella maybe wasn't happy with the penalty he took here and there. They were frustration-type penalties. He wasn't alone in that. A lot of guys were taking those type of penalties, particularly late in the year. But I think in big situations, you don't have to worry about Scott Lawton taking those frustration-type of penalties and putting his team in a bad spot. He recognizes the moment, and... He's just there for his team, and uh, so he's my number three for for sure. John Tortorella mentioned during the season that Lawton will make a frustrating mistake, but then he's right back there with a big play, whether it's a block shot or a big hit or a huge goal, really provided leadership throughout the year, and he set career highs across the board in every major category. Didn't have a power play goal in his NHL career, had five this season. I think he's due for, like what you said, Joe, all situation – a uh, minute again next season and potentially even more. I think he's going to re- be relied upon even more. He's they're going to be younger next season. You know, there's a very good chance they're going to subtract some older established guys that provided leadership, provided some key minutes when they needed it. Good, good chance. They're going to be even younger. And Scott Lawton's going to be the vet. Like he's going to be the vet. And he's going to be 29 in May. Um, so I really think he's going to be looked upon as a leader Potentially, they get some help from Kim Atkinson and Sean Couturier in that regard in terms of age and experience. But Lawton really is the go-to guy, would you say, in John Tortorella's mind in terms of leadership and a guy to seek out to get the pulse of the team and and see where they are. Yeah, I mean, late in the season, it didn't seem like they were on the same page with the scaling the minutes back. And I feel like it was for different reasons, but both of those reasons were aligned in that he's a valuable part of the team. Um, and you mentioned that he had no power play goals in his career. And that goes back to what I said about him. Yeah. He quite frankly, deserved power play minutes when guys like Nolan Patrick, who were not scoring, they were not producing under any situations. were getting power play minutes over guys like Scott Lawton. To me, that would be frustrating. And I remember discussing it with Scott Hartnell and, and Al in the newsroom. Uh, you know, why not give Lawton a look on the power play? And Torts did that this year, and I think that's – he's shown he can play on the power play. Is Scott Lawton um, a dynamic, you know, uh, sniper? No, he's not. But everyone, everyone, including Scott, knows who he is. And to me, that's a big deal. And uh, he continues to grow as a player and, again, always displays those leadership qualities, which this team needed this past season, and they're probably going to need even more this coming season. For me, Joe, I'm going to look at goaltender. I think Samuel Harrison is due for a promotion. I think he really won over John Tortorella this season. Tortorella, I believe, went to bat for him to get more starts. I think he always wanted Sam Harrison to get more starts. And Erickson really just took advantage of opportunity ever since training camp. When he got in there in the preseason, he took advantage of opportunity. Going back to the rookie game in Lehigh, there was a couple of them. He played the second one and was great. 
And then when he got a chance to get more starts, when Carter Hart got a little banged up, took advantage of it, had that big road trip. He won his first six starts. He was 6-0-0 to start. Um, so I think he very well could earn a promotion as the full-time backup. Obviously, there's going to be competition, but I really think Arison proved down at Lehigh that he was the guy. He came up here. He won games. He really got them going in that late December, early January stretch where they actually started playing some of their best hockey. That was kind of kickstarted by Sam Arison being in net and just being reliable, steady. So I think John Tortorella is really high on him. I think the organization is starting to view him more as potential tandem guy with Carter Hart. Carter Hart absolutely being the number one, I think, in my mind. But Erickson being a real competitive young number two, uh, a goalie for cheap. You know, you're not getting those veteran backups anymore. Sam Erickson, I think, is due for a promotion. I think he's going to be in camp and he's going to be competing to make the big club's roster, pushing Carter Hart for starts. Uh, where do you see Erickson going into next season? Uh, you know, with real opportunity there to grab. Yeah, I, I see Erickson as the backup goaltender next yeah. season. And, you know, if you if you take a look at how this guy's career, his NHL career started, he comes up, he gets pulled in his first game. <laughs> he has to go back in because Carter Hart gets hurt. And you look at how he played. There, never, there, there was never the appearance that he was rattled, that he was overcome by the moment. Um, and quite frankly, I don't really think he was – expecting to start so it's not like he was planning on i'm going to go to the nhl on this date and i'm going to start my nhl career i think that was all kind of thrust upon him right in in a short period of time and then for it to start that way and him not to be rattled and him to get those wins and have the big road trip that you mentioned um to me was super impressive and to me that is one of the things about goaltenders in this league is it's not about necessarily like shutting teams out or allowing one goal it's not getting rattled if you do allow goals or if somebody you know crashes the net and because we've seen it in the past guys unravel that's a position where it seems like more than half of the position is mental and guys unravel this guy didn't seem to do that and he had situations that would cause many young goaltenders I would say most young goaltenders to unravel and it didn't happen. And again, when you have the support that you have from your head coach uh, and I mean, the list is short of guys who were praised by John Tortorella, like Sam Harrison was, I think it's two him and Noah Cates <laughs> were pretty much the leaders in the torts praise uh, for the season. Yeah. I would say, uh, at least by name, um, to the media. Uh, I think that makes a huge deal for a young player because you have to imagine when he came up, he was probably a little intimidated by torts. And, you know, if I play bad, this guy's going to say it. Um, we've heard him say it about almost everyone on this team at one time or another called them out for a, a play, a penalty, uh, needing one more save. And I believe he did late in the season with Sam did one time say they needed one more save. Yeah, I believe. And so. I remember thinking, wow, because he had been so, uh, not that the comment was anti Sam, but he had been so pro Sam Erson yeah. to the point where you were stunned to hear him say something that even was in the ballpark of negative about him. But 
Torch's big thing has always been everybody's going to know where they stand and everybody is looked at as equal. So if you're Sam Erson or you're the center on the first line, you're not going to be treated as different parts of the team. Yeah. And I think that's valuable for young players and a guy like Erson to hear that, you know, they're not necessarily, they're not treated like the golden boy, but solid play work ethic and those sort of things are called out and recognized by your head coach and supported. And I think that's what you have with Sam Harrison. I fully expect him to be the backup goaltender. And I think his numbers and game dipped a little bit when he got back up here. I think a lot of that was Harrison got tired. I think he started to wear down a little bit the previous season. He was hurt almost the entire season, hardly played. So this was his first real full crack at the NHL and the AHL, really his first full crack at pro hockey in North America. And listen, too, when he came back up with the Flyers, um, I don't want to say that the I'm not questioning the professionalism of any of these players, but what I am saying is this season, I'm sure, started to wear on these guys. Yeah. Um, They were facing some teams that needed to win and viewed the Flyers as a small speed bump. Like, let's just run over these guys and get out of the way um, or get and get them out of the way. That is not an easy position to play as a goaltender that has a lack of experience in NHL level. Uh, and I think he was put into that. So I, I think it's only natural that his numbers were going to dip a little bit being put in a situation where the team's out of it. Um, the lineup was different almost every night. You had inexperienced guys playing in all positions on the ice because John Tortorella wanted to see what he has. So I think naturally your defensive structure is going to suffer when those sort of things are going on. So I, I, I don't view that in a negative air I just view it as situational why that happened. And one thing that stuck out to me with Samuel Erson was when he got lit up in New Jersey, they lost seven, nothing. A lot of that wasn't all on him. But, of course, when a team gives up seven goals, it's got to be someone on the goalie. And he was fully accountable. He really sounded and acted like a pro after the game, took it on the chin, talked about needing to be better. He said you can't give up seven goals and say it was all on the skaters in front of him. So he just sounded and acted uh, like an NHL goalie. And uh, so I think, you know, we always talk about where the Flyers have major holes. But to me – I think there's reason to like some of the ingredients in net. Uh, two young guys. Carter Hart's going to be 25 in August. Erickson will be 24 in October, right around the start of the season. Um, young goalies that don't make a ton of money. And uh, so th- that's, a, you know, I think a promising sign for the future. The Flyers have some options, young options at that in net. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing decking and fencing needs joe promotion number two which player is it in your mind i'm gonna say rasmus versus the line and i'm i'm gonna start by saying i'm not sure this is uh who would i who i would have expected to have on this list entering the season but to me the 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 turnaround and the i'll call it evolution in risto's game may be the most impressive of anyone on the team because I would say over the last month, month and a half of the season, there's an argument to be made. He was their best player. Um, He eliminated the um, 
kind of reckless penalties and things that we saw uh, in his first season with the Flyers. And, of course, we saw in Buffalo. Um, he almost completely eliminated that from his game. Yeah. Um, but he didn't eliminate the aggression and the ability to be physical. He just took out the penalty part of it. And I think that's what everyone would have hoped for. Um, he added some offense to his game. And it was really odd because there was a point in the season where we were talking about, you know, it had been X amount of months or, or since he had had a point. And then I don't want to say the floodgates opened, but all of a sudden he seemed to be getting points semi-regularly. And by no means is he, would he tell you or would I say that he's a, a guy that should be quarterbacking a power play. But late in the season, he was doing that a little bit. And the, the even the prospect of that happening, no one would have believed if you talked, say, last September or October. Yeah. So to me, he became a very reliable guy on the blue line. And I think he deserves definitely a, a, a boost in minutes. I think he's solidified as a second pair defenseman with the ability to jump up to that first pair and whether it be for injury or whatever the case may be. But I've, I found him to be a very reliable player this season. And I don't think that that should go unnoticed because I know fans and, you know, he's a, a guy that there was a sizable amount traded for him. And then he was re-signed to a pretty sizable contract. And generally, that kind of stuff puts a target on you for fan criticism. And I'll be honest with you, over the last half of the season, I don't think there was anything to criticize his play about. In fact, I think there was a lot of promising things and things that people should be um, they should be excited about having a reliable guy there for your second pair. And I, I would say... From a fan base perspective, that was probably unexpected when it comes to this player. Um, so I, I give major props to Rasmus Ristolainen for his. Uh, like, I, I think the, the best way I could describe it is ev evolution to his game this season. Um, and I'm sure John Tortorella has had a positive effect on that, particularly in the discipline area. But also the John Tortorella seems like one of these guys where if you play his way, he's going to give you an opportunity to showcase other parts of your game that you may not have seen under co other previous coaches. And I think that's what happened here. And uh, so he's definitely number two for me. And I, I would say he, he was borderline number one for me in terms of a guy who is in, in line and deserves a promotion uh, type of treatment heading into next season. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And he was in the doghouse of John Tortorella early in the season. <laughs> Tortorella healthy scratched him once and really challenged him like to be better. And he responded. And that was pretty eye-opening because this is year one of John Tortorella working with all new players and everyone, which players are going to respond well to John Tortorella, which players aren't. Uh, Ristolainen responded really well to criticism. The one fascinating thing to me will be next year, what kind of minutes he plays and how, how that impacts his game. He played the fewest minutes per game of his career this year, which tells you, Perhaps in Buffalo, he might have been playing a little too much, mm-hmm. might have been playing out of position, and was probably playing in an, a not-so-great environment. But the Flyers definitely sheltered him a little bit and got him to realize how to play uh, with his physicality. And they were able to do it. They were able to manage his minutes and not have him play, like, number one, number two minutes. But good, solid second pair, maybe at times third pair of minutes. So I'll be very interested to see if they bump up and promote him to playing 20 minutes again, maybe even more than that, how he responds. Like, is he going to be the guy that's just a really good player in 19 minutes? Or can he play 22, 23 minutes, still be that same solid, steady, effective player that stays out of the box and makes an impact on the game from a physical standpoint and also uh, dips into the production a little bit uh, offensively? So that would be something I really eyes. Yeah, what kind of promotion does he get and how – how he handles it. And the other thing I will say is he's another guy where you noticed he always had his teammates back yeah. in every type of situation. You know, uh, a guy gets hit, he's there. A guy a gathering around the net, of course, with air to stick up for his teammates. And I don't think that part can go understated because chemistry within a team, particularly a team that has guys in and out of the lineup and will have younger players next season, chemistry can't be understated. And when you have guys like him who are there for their teammates, that only helps that chemistry in the locker room. So yeah. uh, I think he he's definitely a positive in that aspect as well. Joe, I'm going to stay on the defensive team as well. I'm going to go Cam York for number two. I think everyone knows the Flyers could see some, some, some subtraction on the back end. John Tortorella has mentioned subtraction. The Flyers are obviously going to retool some more to this offseason, and it's a possibility they could lose maybe a defenseman or two. Uh, we'll see where the offseason goes. But if that does happen, or even if it doesn't, I think Cam York is definitely due for bigger minutes, more situations. I think they're very high on Cam York, and they're going to want to see even more. Uh, nice season this year. 20 points in 54 games. Played 19, 39 minutes a game. I really think the Flyers are going to look at him to be over a 20-minute-per-game guy, to play PK, to play power play, and really produce more points. I think it's a guy that can maybe – have an even bigger jump, maybe close to a 40-point season. I really think that's in Cam York. I think the Flyers are going to push and challenge him to play more, especially if they get younger. Tortorella said at the end of the season, he thinks the next step for the Flyers is getting younger on the back end too. So he wants kids pushing, and there could be roles depending on what players they decide to keep this offseason and which players they decide to move on from. So I think Cam York's really due for a promotion. I think he's one of the young guys that are really going to push this youth uh, movement here and Tortorella really sees big time potential. That's why he was so hard on him, whether it was warranted or not (laughs) during training camp. uh, He's just one of those guys that 
the Flyers see a lot in, and they're going to challenge, 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 consistently challenge this kid. Uh, and I really think they feel there's another step to be taken. Cam York, to me, is a guy that's going to see a promotion. He's going to see more on his plate because the Flyers want to – they want to see. They want to give him more and see how he handles it. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, he, he's a first-round pick, and I'm yep. sure he people don't let him forget that he was a first-round pick. So – the challenge of living up to the first round pick. And I'm sure, you know, guys are competitive and they know who was picked around them in the draft. And when we, if you're Cam York and you say, and you see, you know, the flyers chose me over a guy like Cole Caulfield, who is going to be one of the top line players for the Montreal Canadians. I think that sort of stuff pushes guys. And, uh, Cam is a he's a Southern California kid. He comes, you know, he very comes off as a a laid back guy. But I think late in the season we saw a little bit of a different side from him, particularly in a in a post game interview where he just kind of was bluntly honest about his dealings with another player in a game, and it was almost like you got the sense that something was clicking with him. And it's time to move to the next phase of his game. And um, I think everybody wants to see what the next phase of the game is. And hopefully it's like you said, you know, they're going to, I mean, he has the makeup to be the quarterback of the power play. The, uh, you know, the guy who produces points, who is also very sound defensively, uh, defensively. We saw him in uh, ISO situations against Connor McDavid uh, during the second half of the year, Jack Eichel, where he played very well. He hung with them. We we broke it down on post game live where you could see his eyes on the logo of these guys' jerseys, doing the the fundamental don't get puck don't get caught puck watching, particularly with guys like McDavid and Eichel who can dangle. Um, and I think those are the kind of things. Those are the the main points of growth, and then the the offensive skills to me are the ones that just have to sort of fully come out of their shell. It's the defensive responsibility that I think young players, particularly defensemen, especially in this day and age in hockey, when you see guys like, you know, the guys that Cam York looked up to, like an Eric Carlson puts up 100 points for a bad team, but still at Carlson's age puts up that kind of season. There's this big emphasis on the guys at the blue line producing points. But what you don't want to get lost is the defensive responsibility. And I think that those things and seeing him play against some of the top upper echelon players in this league, those were the positives for him. And um, the, the, the biggest um, ma- signs of maturity in his game, I think that you could see. And um, yeah, I think is, I would say the sky's the limit at this point, because I don't, if you were to say, what is the ceiling for Cam York? I don't know that there's an answer right now. I don't think we've seen enough to know what the answer is. Um, and I think this coming season will be the biggest for him. Big time. And Tortorella really challenged him to be more aggressive in his mindset, to like be a guy that makes an impact on the game, not just kind of plays the game and blends in. He wanted to see Cam York make an impact and be more aggressive. I really feel like York grasped the the defensive side of the game this year, like he didn't look out of place. He seldom made mistakes. And if he did make his mistake, you really didn't see him make it again. Real confident kid, Cali kid looks laid back. 
maybe at times some people might think, does this kid not care? Trust me, he cares. He's just real confident, and that's his personality. He's from California. Uh, but a ton of confidence, and I think the next step for him is being a force offensively, really generating the attack, generating offense, having some two-assist games, start to stack up, and because the Flyers need offense. They need offense, and it doesn't just have to be forwards. It's got to be from the back end as well. And Cam York's a guy that I think when he's really at his best – He's not playing a lot of defense. He's playing a lot of offense, and that helps him stay out of the defensive end. Yeah, and and he can skate well enough to make up for some of the offense, which is a, I mentioned Eric Carlson. That's the that's been the thing that's been able to have him uh, display that offensive game is he can skate well enough to make up on the back end. Yeah. Same with a guy like Brent Burns, and I'm using guys that York would have grown up watching. Yeah. Um, the other thing I will mention is I I, I alluded to it. I was trying to remember. It was the game, a game when he took a hard hit. He went to the locker room. We all thought he had a con- had to have been a concussion. Yeah. He was asked about the hit after the game, and he said something to the effect of, "Well, that's what that guy does." Yeah. And and um and I believe you know, it was he, Ottawa. Ottawa. It was yeah. Ottawa, and, and I don't remember the player. Forward, yeah, who definitely is more of a yeah. checker and hard hitter. I can't right. remember but his po- name. The point was that he took a shot yeah. at a guy, and to use a hockey cliche. I think a little sandpaper in the game <laughs> is a perfect would be a perfect addition for a guy like Cam York. Yeah. Have have a little grit and a little anger. Um, you hear this uh, this sort of yeah, I, I've heard it a lot about some guys, some of the upper echelon players in this league, that they don't play with enough hate in their game. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting thing. And a guy like York, a Southern California guy, as we've talked about. Maybe he needs to add a little more hate to his game, and maybe that was the first sign of <laughs> that maybe he's doing that, and I think that could only be a positive for him um, going forward. Yeah. yeah. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe Fordyce. Number one promotion in your eyes for a flyer. Who is it? So a theme throughout this podcast for our guys that deserve promotions, right? There's a lot of coach challenged them. They responded. And these are the guys. Cam York didn't make the team out of camp. Um, Scott Lawton, maybe not so much, but he did get jostled around the lineup a lot. So I would say that's a challenge. You obviously mentioned guys and and I mentioned risk the line and you mentioned the the healthy scratch. So these are all guys who have individually been challenged along throughout the first season with John Tortorella. Owen Tippett himself and John Tortorella have both talked about how hard Tortorella coached him early in the season and that it was tough. And then he turned into a guy that looks like he could be a top line power forward by the middle of the season. Um, and I'm going to go with him as number one, because I don't think when the Flyers in the Drew trade, there was a lot of talk about Drew being traded. Obviously there was a talk about the draft pick. I don't think anybody talked about Owen Tippett with this kind of potential. And I think that being challenged and coached hard by his head coach brought this out of him. And I feel like if he has, a consistent center or consistent line mates, 
um, that his game can only go upwards um, because he showed the ability to really be a force uh, on the ice. And, you know, his speed, his shot, ability to play near the net. I, I mean, I would say at points in the season, I was blown away by his play. Um, and to me, that's the, that is the, um, listen, I, I said this a couple times throughout the season, Chuck Fletcher took a lot of heat when he was here and a lot of it rightfully so. I don't think that anybody says, well, how about that Giroux trade? Because I really think if you took it, if you take it in its full worth, um, they definitely won the trade because Florida didn't win a cup and then they didn't retain Giroux. Yeah. So, but take that part out of the equation. They had to trade Claude Giroux. They got pigeonholed while trying to trade him and then still got this return. I think you have to give Chuck Fletcher a little bit of credit for that trade because he got a piece for this future and draft capital. And I don't think you can argue with that. Absolutely. And it wouldn't surprise me or I don't think anyone if to start next season, Owen Tippett is on the top line, top power play unit, and people are thinking 30 goals or more. Uh, that was not the upside or where he played to start the season. He was not considered a top line player, top power play guy. Uh, that's how well he played. And when you're in the Flyers position where you're rebuilding, uh, you know you're not making the playoffs. It's three straight years now of no playoffs and people don't know when they're going to contend again. You look for small victories, small victories, not games won and lost. You look for guys that could be a part of it. And Owen Tippett, to me, was maybe one of the biggest victories the Flyers had this season. A kid that got better, uh, shattered career highs, and looks like a player. And it was it just happened to be the guy that they got in return for a franchise icon. So major victory and a guy that's due for, I think, a massive promotion. Yeah, and the, and the thing, too, that you keep your eye on is guys who take a leap and big steps in their game when you're on a bad team, inconsistent lineups. And really to me, that stands out because that is not the situation where you want, if you're a young player and you want to take a leap in your game, you don't want to put your situation where you want to do that is not generally with one of the, you know, 10 worst teams in the league. Yeah. That's not, that's not the ideal case for anybody. And Tippett did that. So, so to me, that has to be extra impressive. There's, I know there's always caution about the veteran player who puts up tons of numbers with bad teams. I don't think the same can be said for a, a, a player who is a developing, growing player taking leaps on a bad team. To me, that's more impressive than a guy doing it, playing with a Sidney Crosby or like, you know, when like Jake Gensel and Brian Rust and those guys came up with Pittsburgh and they were taking leaps. It was like, okay, well, they're playing with Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, There's no Crosby or Malkins on this team. No. And he took giant steps ahead in his game. And to me, that has to be noticed. Yeah, when they acquired him, I think a lot of people thought probably a complimentary winger. I mean, he was driving his lines this year. <laughs> like the best player on his line. And he made other people better. I just didn't foresee that. He surprised me. And, I mean, I had countless number of players this year, like, they were wowed by his game. Like they were like, wow, like not many guys like Owen Tippett. Like so many guys said that just with the blend of power, speed, uh, just a real impressive player, certainly due for a promotion. And I found it 
very interesting when Sean Couturier at his exit interview was asked, any guys impress you or guys you want to play with next year? He mentioned Owen Tippett. He said he thinks Tippett will be a fun player to play with. And I kind of thought about it like, wow, it'd be a nice little combo center winger there. Absolutely. Because I mean, the last time Sean Couturier was healthy for two or three years, we always talked about how when guys weren't going great, you put them with Couturier and then got them going. Yeah. Well, how about a guy that is going great and you put him with Couturier? What could that be like? Yep. So that and then if Cam Atkinson's coming back, I'm not saying he's the other guy on that line, but maybe he is. Maybe Konechny is. But I mean, all of a sudden, things don't look as barren as they did. And we're not even talking about any offseason additions or anything like that. We're talking about guys that are here now and part of this team. So I think you do have to look at that and say, well, uh, there are pieces in place. This isn't a, this isn't like a, a an empty, an empty cupboard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's to me, he's my number one. Yeah, it probably looks uh, really bleak and dark and gloomy in a lot of people's eyes, but I think a lot of people in house, deep down, do believe they the Flyers have you know some pieces here. Uh, Danny Breyer even said that he doesn't believe the fire sales needed. He believes there's some pieces, but obviously they have a ton of work to do. Joe, I'm going to stay on the winger theme. I also went goalie defenseman. Uh, I'm going to stay on the winger theme here with my number one, Tyson Forrester. I just think he was one of the biggest um, eye-opening guys this year. Tortorella just raved about him. I think he really, really left an impression on John Tortorella. Eight-game audition, seven points, pretty much won them a game against the Wild, which was a playoff team when he scored that late goal in the third period. And every time I saw him, I just was like, wow, like this kid brings something the Flyers don't have. And that's a shoot first winger that with an advanced part to the game where he can beat a goalie with zero help. And the Flyers so desperately need that. I really think he should be here next season. I think he's going to have a real opportunity to be here next season and playing a massive role he had Tortorella really thinking about the big picture of next season. Tortorella, after the one game, said, boy, I really think of Tyson Forrester, and I think, what if he falls into place next season for us? So, uh, to me, Tyson Forrester could be in line for a huge promotion, potentially an everyday guy with the Flyers next year, a guy scoring goals, just like so for a while. So, for me, Tyson Forrester, uh, I really think he could take a big chunk of the pie next year, and, and he – I, I guy that maybe won over the coach the most in terms of a young player that you know had a had a cup of coffee where he got a chance to prove himself it was Tyson Forrester Tortorella just raved about him and uh, really told me this kid could be something next year for that coach in uh, Ashlyn Sullivan's interview with with John Tortorella that she did an extensive interview with it we did at the end of the season we ran in um, the last three games yeah. he brought up Tyson Forrester I think three different times during that interview yeah. and you know, that's that's a player to me. I, I don't understate. I, I don't think it can be understated. His um, the thing he did at the end of the season where he said, let's send some of these guys down so they can play in, in playoff situations. I think that showed you a lot about what he thought about certain guys uh, and Forrester for sure, because Forrester was playing well with the flyers. And he said, wait a second. I want to see, I want him to be playing in games of consequence games that, um, make or break seasons, um, moments that make or break seasons. 
And he wasn't getting that with the Flyers. He may have not viewed it that way, but I think that showed you he, the coach, really thinks there is something there with Tyson Forrester. And um, it's, it's um, to me, I, 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 again, like I've said with a couple other players we've talked about here, I want to see what the next step is in his game because I think that could be a big one. Yeah. Um, the way the coach talks about him, I feel like he thinks the next step in his game is a big one as well. Um, so definitely looking forward to seeing what he brings to training camp and kind of how he comes out of the gates and where does he kind of project to be in this lineup uh, come next season. And, um, you know, um, I think it'll be interesting. A lot of these guys we talked about that were challenged by the coach and responded or guys that the coach seemed to be really, and, and none of us mentioned Noah Cates, which was one of the guys he mentioned the most throughout the season. These guys and how they come out in season two against John Tortorella, I think will be a big step in establishing the full identity of this team because I don't think it's going to be barring them signing a huge free agent, a guy, which I don't really think that that's where this team is. I, I don't, you know, one who's out there and two with the, where this team is in a, in a rebuild. I don't know that adding a guy that's like an already an established star. I don't know how that kind of, might stunt the growth of this team a little bit. So these guys, the guys that he he's propped up all season, the Cateses and the Foresters and the Yorks and Tippets and those, these are the guys that are going to be the foundation for this team. Even if they do end up down the road with guys that come in from the outside, these are the guys that are the foundation. They were here year one. They established under this coach and began to quite frankly, rehabilitate the image of this team and establish the new identity of this team under this coach. So I, I, I think that is crucial to see how they come out in year two under this coach. The Flyers are going to get their answers from their youth, their kids. It's like the kids are going to push it forward and, and get this thing to another gear, or maybe some of them aren't. Uh, so that that's really where everything is going to be fueled is the youth and how good their prospects are, how quickly they can develop and uh, and finding out which players type of players are going to be at the NHL level. Tyson Forster to me is going to be a major storyline. Last camp, he wasn't. Everyone knew he was going to be at the Phantoms. Everyone knew about him, knew there was something there, but everyone kind of knew where he was going to be. He was not going to make the Flyers roster. He was maybe going to get a chance later on, which he did. This year, I think he's a major storyline. How many games could he play? Can he make the opening night lineup? Uh, does he need some more grooming down at Lehigh? What kind of numbers can he put up here on a full-time basis when he does get here? Major storyline, Tyson Forster, I think a kid to watch. For and sure. I think Tanner Lozinski's in that that conversation too because the coach brought him up several times too. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think nearly to the level of Forrester, but uh, another guy to kind of keep your eye on as the offseason goes on and we get closer to training camp. Yeah. Well, this is fun, Joe. Talking promotions. We're going to talk demotions next time. Obviously, it's not all positive right now. Uh, red carpet and roses for the Flyers. We're going to talk to some guys that maybe are in danger of a demotion next season, which guys really need to or prove some. Or subtraction. Or subtraction, too. That'll definitely the be guys. like that word. Yeah, that, that can definitely be fall. <laughs> I think that can fall in the line of a demotion is subtraction, too. Maybe guys that just simply might not be here. But, Joe, 
Fordyce, thank you so much. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you.